This is The Insecurity Project. If you are looking to solve the insecurity problem in your life, rather than just manage it, mask it or medicate it, you have come to the right place. This is the home of high-quality content and conversations about how to overcome insecurity. If you can do that, it's not just good for you, it's not just good for your friends and family, it's good for the world, so it's kind of important. There's some work to do here, but let's go do this work together. Now on to today's show. Hey friends, I want to wade into the subject of sexual abuse. Stats say that uh, at least 35% of women worldwide have had some kind of sexual violence perpetrated against them uh, and 16% men. Um, That's of the cases that are known. So obviously the stats are higher. It's a big deal. It's a subject that affects uh, so many people. And if it hasn't affected you personally, you undoubtedly uh, know someone who has been impacted by sexual abuse. So I want to wade into how, how this impacts a person's belief about themselves because uh, insecurity, the feeling of not being good enough, uh, you know, there are so many people who would have pointed the fact that they were abused as a big reason why they feel so terrible about themselves today. So a very important subject when it comes to insecurity. I listened to uh, Tim Ferriss talk about his experience of being sexually abused as a young boy uh, in a conversation with Debbie Millman on one of his latest podcast, podcast episodes just last week. She also had been abused significantly and for two and a half hours they talked about their experience and how they were dealing with it and what had worked and, and the, the methods they'd used to kind of find some kind of health and wholeness as a result of that. Uh, but I was left very unsatisfied with their approach. Um, Tim, if you're listening to this, I mean no disrespect. You're a great hero of mine and uh, yeah, lo- love your stuff. But um, for those who haven't heard the episode, uh, um, you know, Debbie talked about being in therapy for 30 years and uh, for the first five of years, five of those years, she was in therapy every day for five years almost. Um, and then and then she expects to be in therapy for the, for the next 30 years. She's 57 years old now. Um, Tim hasn't gone down their therapy approach, has, has kind of gone the silent retreats, um, aided by psychedelic drugs. So a more intense road to, road to kind of separate um, out of the trauma and, and, and probably break through some of the deep um, disassociation that, that the human is capable of, of uh, um, processing really traumatic experiences. Uh, but I, I just thought there's got to be a better way. There, there has to be a way, better way of dealing with this because for the average punter listening along at, at home, A, you don't have the time to spend 30 years in therapy, B, you don't have the money. Debbie spoke about how expensive that was and how it, it used up every available resource to be able to do that. She, she, you know, very grateful and I'm not discrediting her experience either. Um, you know, or the approach to go down the psychedelic drug route, um, you know, it's, it's inaccessible for a lot of people and a bridge too far for, for many others. So what do you do? Like you're listening along to that and you go, well, uh, I'm, I'm without hope. So I'm, I'm not sure that's true at all. And uh, I, I love Ray Dalio's book called Principles. And there's a particular line in that book, which I find particularly useful. And that is, it's just another one of those. So he's organized his life very strategically and logically and that when he's gone through certain challenges in life, he's looked back and deconstructed the key learnings and discoveries, um, solidified them into key governing principles for his life and then realized that the next challenge is not new and not surprising. It's just another one of those. And so he'll look back to see what one of those it is 
get the key learning from the last time we went through it and apply it to this future challenge. So, so sexual abuse uh, is, not a, is not a separate case of, of human challenge. It's another one of those. And the kind of one of those it is, uh, is um, painful situations that we tend to personalize. So the, the patterning around why sexual abuse is so damaging is not the act. Um, it's not what it's not the violence perpetrated. It's not the uh, abuse. It's not. It's the meaning placed on it. Um, otherwise, if it was the act, then then we are all victims of our experience, and we have no choice. And if you've had good things happen to you, you'd have a good life. If you've had bad things happen to you, you'll have a bad life. And there's nothing you can do about it. We all know that's not how the world works. That is not true. Plenty of people who've had terrible things happen to them have gone on and lived wonderful lives and plenty of others who've had nothing really happen to them, um, had a good, a good life, a, a charmed life and have never really done anything with that um, and still stuck in some kind of blame and excuse. So um, it's another one of those. Now, I think, again, as I spoke about the mental health issue last week, I think, again, with sexual abuse, um, the, the tendency is to see someone as broken, to tread lightly and to accept the label. No, you are an abuse victim. That is a special label. Um, I'm, I must be very, very careful in dealing with that. And now you're broken. Now, now you're damaged goods. Now you're ruined in some way, shape or form. So the best you can do is manage that uh, and, and cope with that for the rest of your life. Um, I, I don't subscribe to that ideology. And you might say, well, that's good for you, Jamin, but have you been sexually abused? No, I haven't. But here's the thing. Get help from someone who doesn't care about you. That's That's... That's the kind of help we need, help, help that has no vested interest, that doesn't need to buy into the story, that doesn't need to feel pity, that doesn't need to bring empathy, that just helps you get more of what you want. If you want to be free, if you want to not feel bad about yourself, well, then, you, then to get help from someone who is not invested in your story means you can see the patterns and the principles rather than get bogged down in it. And obviously that's not to trivialise it, but here's the thing. I, I see people... You know, I have the great privilege every day of being invited into people's world to have conversations about the most vulnerable things. And you might be surprised about what those most vulnerable things are because sometimes they are examples of abuse, um, which everyone would say is terribly traumatic. But other times, the trauma that they've experienced is fighting with their brother in the sandpit when they were three and deciding that the world was against them and you couldn't get what you want. That was their trauma. So everyone has their own experience of, of difficulty and it's all relative to you. So again, to put a label on and say, well, if this has happened, therefore you will experience this kind of life is, is just not true. So it's another one of those. Life is not about what happens to us. It's about the meaning we place on the things that happen to us. Typically when negative things happen, we personalize the two sense-making questions. Why did this happen? What does it mean about me? Well, clearly I attracted this. I deserve this. It's my fault. I'm implicit in this. That's, that's the heart of the issue. It doesn't just happen in sexual abuse. It happens when parents get divorced. It happens when people are bullied. It happens when uh, all kinds of unfortunate things happen. We personalize and we make it about ourselves. And that's what gets inside us, inside us and ruin our lives. So it's just another one of those. It's also another one of, of trauma. Trauma is a key pattern around the human challenge. Trauma is not the result of what you have hap happened to you, the terrible things that happen. It's a result of breaking the relationship with yourself. It's a result of breaking trust with yourself. It's a result of not trusting your decision-making process, of labeling yourself as in incapable of dealing with the challenge of life. That is trauma. That is what renders a person incapable of functioning in the real world. 
that happens when, when you see a bomb go off if you're in the army. But it also ha- it happens in, in sexual abuse. It also happens when you rock up to a dead-end job for 30 years that you hate and, and eventually you snap or you're stuck in a, in a marriage that is dysfunctional and toxic and you, you can't get out. You don't want to get out. Like Trauma happens in a whole range of human experiences, but it's still trauma. And the essence of trauma is you have broken your relationship with yourself. That is the heart of the issue, not, not what horrible thing you've had happened or seen happen. It's just another one of those. Uh, I had the joy of uh, a wonderful coaching ex- experience on the weekend uh, and, and an unrelated issue um, as, as the client was talking about the experience, she revealed that um, she had had um, some significant sexual abuse in her past. And, and I was fascinated because the way she was talking about it, it seemed like that it, it was not a big deal to her and not, she wasn't downplaying what happened or justifying anyway, but she'd clearly processed it in a way that it was not impacting her life anymore. And, and the story was extraordinary because what set her free was, was walking past the TV, hearing Oprah say, Hey, if you've been sexually abused, sit down and listen to this, by the way, I want you to repeat this line after me until it's inside you. It was not your fault. It was not your fault. It was not your fault. And, and this woman heard that the Oprah thing went, huh? Well, how about that? That's it. That's remarkable. I thought it was my fault. I thought I was implicit. Huh? Thanks, Oprah. I think you're right. It wasn't my fault. Set herself free in that moment. Now you might think, well, that's impossible. That's ridiculous. But no, that's not because change takes a long time coming, may take a long time coming, but it happens in a moment. It happens in a moment when new data makes old data obsolete. When you thought something was true and now you have some more information, more awareness that just renders that old information non, it doesn't make any sense. It's of no use to it. That's when change happens in a moment because even if you want to, to hang on to that old story, it just doesn't make sense anymore. So you can't, you're ruined. that old story is ruined for you. So in that moment, that old story that this was my fault, it didn't make any sense and she could no longer run it. And in that moment, she was set free from the impact that experience had had on her life. And the amazing thing was that the issue we were dealing with, which was entirely unrelated, she realized it was just another one of those. She'd already worked at how to solve this issue in one area. She could also apply that same principle to this area as well. Um, and then the amazing thing is, like, this is how wonderful humans are. Most people would say, well, the sexual abuse is the, is the thing that's going to take 30 years of therapy or psychedelic drugs to fix. The, the issue she was dealing with, most people would say, why are you struggling with that? That's weird. Like, can you just get over that? Can you just stop doing that? Can you just fix that? But in her mind, this was the big issue over here and this was the small issue here. And so, again, it's just the wonder of how we're wired. It's so fascinating. Get help from someone who doesn't care. Get help from someone who doesn't buy into your story and validate this idea that you're broken, you need to tread lightly, and these labels are a valid excuse as to why you can't. So, uh, as I said, these are big big numbers. So many people have been impacted by this, um, but it's useful not to separate it as a separate category of problem and to realize you're not the actor in the story. You are the storyteller. You have the capacity to transform your whole experience of life based on the stories that you're telling, telling yourself about why things happen and what they meant about you. Remember, the insecurity problem is simply your own opinion of yourself, and that opinion was formed undoubtedly in experience of pain, of difficulty, of challenge, and of uncertainty. And the issue was not what was said or done to you, but in those moments, what you made that mean about yourself. 
beautiful news, right? Because if the problem is your own opinion of yourself, well, opinion is the lowest form of knowing uh, and it can be changed. And in fact, you're the only one who can change it. So that's even better news. Look, if you haven't got a copy of my book, Unhindered, The Seven Essential Practices for Overcoming Insecurity, it is still available for free plus postage. You can, you can upgrade and get the uh, audio book plus the ebook if you'd like. When you've done that, the next logical step is to do the short course and really internalize this stuff and begin the process of coaching yourself through this idea of lasting change, not just the thought of change, not just the hope of change, but genuine transformation. Uh, I hope that's been useful. If you'd like a copy of the summary of all past 10-minute Tuesday episodes, please reach out and email either me or Catherine and we'll get it in your hot little hands as soon as possible. Hope that's been useful. I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. The aim of the game is to show up to life unhindered by doubt, fear and insecurity so that you can be at your best where it matters most. Now, if you're ready to begin the work of becoming unhindered in your life, the Unhindered Short Course is an eight-part video series designed to help you do exactly that. And at only $99 for a limited time, it's an offer too good to refuse. For more information, go to theinsecurityproject.com.